Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah, yeah. Aston. Nope. Let's go. Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, everybody. That's a new song from uh, my new favorite rapper, Loza Alexander. You can you can get that one on iTunes for a mere one dollar and twenty nine cents. Now I don't know if that price is going to go up due to rising inflation. Thanks, Joe Biden. But uh, get it while you can for a dollar twenty nine. Those ninety nine cent days are gone. Or grabbing a song from iTunes. Hope everyone's doing well. Thanks for tuning in. It is Wednesday, October thirteenth. I took a long break for the Columbus Day holiday. Thanks, Ron DeSantis, Governor of Florida, for recognizing that. Um, everybody else, I got. I saw a number of emails from companies all around the country ensuring that everybody knew that it was one indigenous people's day and two it coincided with national coming out day so monday was a busy day for the woke left for liberals they had to feel really really bad about something they had nothing to do with right the conquering of a people which has happened since the beginning of time and make sure they tuned in for anybody who decided to come out on national coming out day which has to be now in modern times, one of the most boring things we're ever going to learn about somebody. I mean, if they're still holding parties or making big announcements, BFD, thanks for making a big deal out of who you want to sleep with. Congratulations. Hey, everybody, I'm gay. That's from a Jim Carrey skit in Living Color circa 1992, where he actually trolled gay people for their super-duper pride. Little did he know that there would be a holiday, a national day of coming out, where we all had to come together and celebrate, not just tolerate, somebody deciding to let us know that they were joining the Alphabet family, which is fine. I don't care. Nothing against them. It's just not interesting to me. Straight, gay, bi, whatever dozens of adjectives we want to apply to it, it's not interesting. That's a good thing. The world needs to be this way, but it's not enough. It's got to be a big, giant surprise party every day for somebody. There are so many days now. And guess what? There's a Native American Heritage Month and Day in November. So I thought it was the same. You've got indigenous people to try to cancel Christopher Columbus. They're going to fail. I mean, I have two of my four calendars in Outlook still recognize Columbus Day. So what happened there? Good, I don't even know who it is. It's not Google, and it's certainly not Apple. I doubt it's Microsoft. Maybe it is. I got calendars coming out of my ears. But there are four synced to my Outlook account, and two of them had Columbus Day, and then two had Indigenous Peoples Day. I couldn't see. It was a holiday for me. I wasn't scrolling through my calendar to see if National Coming Out Day was also recognized. But if you work for a woke leftist company, 
bent on inclusion and diversity, I'm sure. And, and believe me, when I say bent, I mean way beyond actual inclusion and way beyond valued diversity. It's a cram in your face. Make sure to flex and spike the ball about it so much you probably are counterproductive to what you say you actually want to accomplish. And so I saw examples of all kinds of, quote, celebrating. Listen, I don't have to celebrate shit. I don't have to celebrate Christmas. I don't have to celebrate Thanksgiving. I do, but you don't. But you should tolerate it. We should tolerate what others want to celebrate as long as it doesn't impact our own liberty. But I've talked about it before. Tolerating, tolerating is not enough anymore. It's not enough. We have got to celebrate everything now. And that's too bad. And it's not going to happen. No one can force me to party on National Coming Out Day or celebrate it or celebrate anything about you. Chances are you're as uninteresting as I am. So what's there to celebrate? Unless you want to, that's fine. Um, there's some a lot of cultural news. Um, really one big story. Uh, I'm going to open with the John Gruden stepping down from the Raiders because as you read the headline when it happened, you figure, wow, it makes sense. I mean, if you made homophobic, misogynistic, racist remarks and was dumb enough to do so in email. Because one of the first bosses I ever had in the dawn of the email days, yes, a long time ago, not quite the dawn, but the early morn, told me with great wisdom, if you're not comfortable with it being on the cover of the New York Times, don't send it in an email. Hey, John Gruden, your fucking emails are on the cover of the New York Times, per se. I became suspicious when I didn't see word-for-word examples of the emails because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm allowing myself to rely on the woke media to tell me that NFL coach John Gruden should be canceled because remember, they are the authorities. Liberals are the authorities on everything, everything. They know better than us. And of course, 99% of the print and digital and television media spawn come from leftist, liberal, useless academic journalism schools. Well, sure enough, Gruden had to step down. And apparently, the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team, <clears throat> has been undergoing an investigation. Dan Snyder, the owners, as woke as they come. And it sounds like, well, it's, here's the facts. And I, I, I encourage everybody, if you haven't, to go to the blaze and just Google Jason Whitlock, who's a longtime controversial, very, very consistent and brilliant sports reporter, but he's become more of a cultural icon. He's black and he definitely is off the plantation. He's very anti-Biden, very much anti-wokeism and has found himself a tremendous niche as somebody in the African-American community and the very liberal sports media community, he's found himself a seat on the bus where he is actually offering consistent commentary against the grain and not many are brave enough or are willing to do that because there's no place for you to work. ESPN's owned by ABC. It's all part of the Disney cult. 
So Jason Whitelock can't work there. Uh, Fox Sports might have him. I don't know if he still appears on there. I believe he used to. But let's read from Jason Whitlock. And then after this, we're going to get to some inflation talk. We're going to talk about a very disturbing trend in the U.S. Army. Terry McAuliffe opened his mouth again and is the recent uh, Democrat hypocrite to wave the COVID flag whilst not following any of the rules. And we'll talk a little bit about the January 6th um, <laughs> riot, I guess, protest that was an insurrection. And it's interesting because um, there are some documents being released. Project Veritas got some interesting things, and I'll share that with you regarding the shooting and killing of Ashley Babbitt by that piece of shit uh, Capitol Police officer waving his gun around and shooting at an unarmed woman through a window. But from Jason Whitlock, based on New York Times reporting, oh, here we go. Be suspicious right there. Now, I never liked, before we go, I never liked John Gruden. Never. He seems arrogant. As a coach, before he went to ESPN and became like one of the Monday night football guys and the quarterback guy, he's arrogant. Okay, that's fine. He'd won a Super Bowl back in 2002. Hadn't done much since. Felt like he was good to go at ESPN. And he... But I couldn't stand to watch him. I never felt like he was particularly sincere. But people who've worked for him, worked with him and for him on coaching staffs seem to have had great things to say about him before he committed what Jason Whitlock calls um, the cardinal sins against wokeism. And we'll go through them. Real important list. Very insightful. insightful. Whitlock really nails this. But from... Whitlock's article in Blaze, based on New York Times reporting, John Gruden broke at least seven of the woke religion's Ten Commandments. His damnation to unemployment and disgrace was inevitable, meaning these were all in emails between 2010 and 2018. That's how deep they're digging right now into some investigation of the Washington football team, Redskins. Um, Gruden, from Whitlock, is a high-profile symbol of the consequences of disobedience to the woke. Yes, you break one of these sins or these commandments or seven of them like Gruden did, you're in deep trouble. Two nights ago, Monday night, he resigned from his position as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a huge deal. We're, we're just getting into the season and the Raiders are improving. Gruden was the architect of the rebuilt Las Vegas Raiders. I might have said Los Angeles. Used to be, then Oakland. Now they find their new temporary home in Vegas. Seems like it might be for a while because they built some billion dollar, you know, has to be close to a billion dollar, beautiful looking stadium. Haven't been to a game there. Would love to go sometime. Um, When they stop singing a woke national anthem before the games and stop kneeling, I'll be there. Um, But I guess during this, his time at Monday Night Football, this was before 2018. So 2010 to 2018, Gruden became a very popular figure on Monday Night Football, and he frequently emailed Bruce Allen, an executive with the Washington football team at the time. The NFL has been investigating owner Dan Snyder's football team for a couple years. During the course of its review of emails of Washington employees, meaning Bruce Allen, the league discovered Gruden's emails to Allen. Oh, no. John Gruden wrote bad emails. Ten years ago, seven years ago, we must stay consistent with our religion. And so one of them, and let's just go through this. We'll jump to the best part of this. Let's review. This is from Whitlock. 
the seven woke commandments Gruden violated with his emails, according to the New York Times. Now, this is from Gruden 1. Thou shalt not disparage Barack Obama. The Times revealed Gruden criticized President Obama during his 2012 re-election campaign. This is an explosive revelation. A U.S. citizen criticized a presidential candidate. Number two, thou shalt not put pushback against the Big Lips Matter movement. Now, this is from an email where Gruden was pissed off at DeMaurice Smith, who, a black man who works for the NFL Players Association or one of the bureaucracies that has its hand in the giant pot of money that is the National Football League. This guy, DeMaurice Smith, is a black man. I haven't seen his lips, don't care. But apparently, this is a commandment. You cannot mention any of these physical features of a black woman, of a black man, because, and this is from Whitlock, many white women, particularly Instagram models and the actress Angelina Jolie, passionately support Big Lips Matter. Now, again, this is interesting because Gruden not only criticized the real BLM, he criticized DeMaurice Smith's lips, made a reference to them being big, massive no-no, and Whitlock is actually offended by how fragile guys like Smith are because DeMaurice Smith jumped right out on this. Boy, he got on the victim cross with his verified Twitter account and talked about the long apology process basically that he expects from Gruden. Oh no, he criticized your goddamn lips. Number three, thou shall not question hiring practices based on sexual and gender identity, which I question all the time. Gruden apparently felt NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell overstepped his authority, which he does a lot, when he pressured former Rams coach Jeff Fisher to draft Missouri defensive end Michael Sam because Sam is queer. Gruden also isn't a fan of the NFL's policy of fast-tracking women through the referee process so the league can have more female refs, yet neither am I. It should be merit-based, just like being drafted to a football team who you sleep with should not be a factor, but of course Roger Goodell in his cultish ways and his bowing down to wokeness before the Black Lives Matter movement. He's been doing this for years and is now fully fish-hooked and gag-balled by the woke culture. But even before he was pretty bad, uh, he was all about apparently pressuring a team on their draft choice because of who a player wants to sleep with. That's fantastic. How fabulous. Give me a break. Number four, thou shall not disagree with national anthem protesters. Well, there's another one that I am uh, guilty of violating. From Whitlock, Gruden said that Eric Reed, a prominent anthem protester, phenomenal player, one of the best safeties maybe in the history of the NFL, played for Baltimore uh, forever. But Gruden said that Eric Reed, who was like one of the leaders when that all started <clears throat> a couple years ago, should be fired. Oh my God, John, don't you know Eric Reed's a black man and he was supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. <clears throat> Number five, thou shall not look fondly upon bare female breasts. Oh shit. Guilty as charged. Gruden and his male friends, apparently via email, idiots, but they did it, exchange pictures of topless women. Most men do this via text stream, John. Come on. At least that's what Jason Whitlock's been told. Same here, it's what I've heard. Uh, 
thou shall not speak honestly about Joe Biden. Holy crap. Number six is a big one for me. I'm on record. Um, not on email, though. I mean, why? But apparently Gruden called Biden a nervous, clueless, <laughs> I'll say it, pussy. Uh, from Whitlock. He says, it seems a bit harsh. He said, President Biden never seems nervous to me. He seems sedated. Yeah, I'll agree. I don't know if he ever seems nervous. He just seems lost. And finally, number seven, thou shall not defend football. Gruden complained that Goodell's safety policies were an overreaction and made mothers fear allowing their sons to play football, which by statistics, I remember seeing in 2011 a statistic of Pop Warner football registrations for, this is youth football, uh, being way down massively. And this began the heads up blocking and tackling campaign led by one Mike Golick, also super annoying, obnoxious. I can't believe he's still on radio if he is. But Mike Golick was out there flopping around, um, you know, making sure everybody knew he was a former player and also current eater. Um, big on this heads up program because of all the terrible studies, data, and revelations coming out with the uh, chronic head injury in the condition and syndrome leading to mass suicides, mental illness, and death amongst former NFL players. And it was CTE. It was a, I thought the movie was great. The story, the movie with uh, Will Smith that chronicled and, and told the story of the physician who was a um, you know, not a neurologist, but he was a pathologist per se. He was somebody who, um, you know, was in on the forensic side investigating the cause of death. And he found this consistency and broke um, really all science uh, with that. And it became the standard for how that condition is diagnosed. But finally, from, from Whitlock, the hypocrisy of the people cheering Gruden's cancellation is breathtaking. It always is, right? It's amazing. Um, he continues, these same people were quiet when actor Michael Rappaport aired out NBA star Kevin Durant's homophobic, profane, misogynistic, and threatening direct messages. Rappaport, who's a big leftist, actually a pretty funny guy. If you've ever seen him act, he's he's had some good roles. He's a big like Philly Jersey, and he's a Jersey New York guy. Uh, I really don't care enough about him to, to try to get that right. But he's one of those annoying, you know, Northeast Coast personalities with what I believe is a bit of an overdone accent, but it's made him some money. And he can be funny sometimes. Um, he, you know, he and Durant got into an exchange. Rappaport, like a punk, aired it out. And Durant got fined $50,000 and is forgiven by everyone. Durant has the right card he can pull. John Gruden doesn't. Now, of course, apparently Mike Tomlin the very successful Steelers head coach, is the go-to whenever there's anything labeled racist or bad by the woke cult and the woke religion of the NFL. Mike Tomlin, from uh, this is from Fox News, Steelers Mike Tomlin reflects on former mentor John Gruden's email scandal. I'm just saddened by it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for helping us out with that. We are glad to know that you are just saddened by it, even though you probably hadn't read the emails and have probably had similar exchanges your goddamn self. So John Gruden's gone. His brother says he'll be back in a big way. Um, I don't know. You know, I honestly, if, if you have a college football team that's struggling and you want a head coach, I know USC fans would, I mean, the football fans can give a shit 
about what John Gruden emailed seven, eight years ago. They would take him in a heartbeat, but guess what? USC and most universities have become more about activity and feelings and not results, especially on the athletic fields, and there's no way they can hire somebody who has violated seven of the woke commandments as detailed and given to us by woke culture and the leftist media. So John Gruden, so long for now. He'll be around, I'm sure, maybe on a podcast, or maybe he'll just retire. He's loaded. He's going to be fine. And, um, I mean, let's be real. He'll be accepted at his golf club pretty soon because I'm sure he was emailing and texting and talking about that stuff with his golf club guys. So he's taken a hit. I know he enjoyed the power of being the Raiders head coach. He loved it. He always wanted to get back in to NFL coaching when he went over to ESPN and he blew it by emailing some stupid shit. Yeah, such is life, dude. Welcome welcome to the world we live in now. And I mean, dude, don't talk about a guy's lips for real. I mean, yeah, homeboys being way too sensitive about that and climbing up on cross about it, like, give me a break, you big baby. Like you haven't said bad things about someone else's physical features. I mean, come on. So anyway, um, we shall see. Certainly was an entertaining entertaining guy to see on the sidelines, but Gruden is out, and he will be probably for a while. Saw this story um, breaking in Norway today. You probably did too, only by Fox, because if there's any kind of mass shooting, it is assumed it's a gun. Well, at least five dead after bow and arrow rampage in Norway. That's right. There was a bow and arrow rampage in Norway. Somebody went psycho Robin Hood in the peaceful uh, Oslo area and has taken out at least five people. How awful. Um, I also want to know what victims two, three, four, and five were doing while Homeboy was reloading. I have to ask. I mean, you're... You're standing in a building. You're sitting outside having coffee. Guy walks up, and he conans somebody with a bow and arrow, point blank. Thunk. The person's dead. If this guy had a powerful compound-style hunting bow, which clearly they aren't regulated enough, and there should be massive bow and arrow control coming out of this, but be that as it may, several people, five at least, were killed. So four people were aware that there was a dude, I mean, Number two, I guess, could have frozen. Like, it's got to be surreal. You're sitting there, and all of a sudden, like Custer's captain, you see an arrow just pound somebody in the body. They're dead. I mean, it's violent. And there's probably not a lot of sound with it. Okay, number two freezes. But, I mean, the guy's reloading. There's no automatic assault arrow weapon. What the hell? Right? And, and again, Norway. He's got a bow and arrow. Tackle the son of a bitch. Take a chair to his head. By the way, you could probably shield yourself with the chair from an arrow en route to hitting him over the head with the chair. This has always amazed me with people in these mass shooting scenarios, bow and arrow included, how everyone freezes or they run away in probably a straight line. You throw a zigzag on that motherfucker, he ain't hitting you with a bow and arrow. Unless he goes at an angle and he pulls an apocalypto on you 
and lands it right through the back of your head. Amazing movie, uh, produced and directed by Mel Gibson um, before woke culture tried to kill him and before he was resurrected by, thank you, Sylvester Stallone. But, um, you know, I mean, you got to put a hell of a lead on somebody. And I don't want to make light. This is horrible. But what the hell? But it goes to show you that there's been a terror probe launched. Interesting. Terror probe. Wonder where this guy might have come from. Um, I mean, nobody said anyone has yelled a la snack bar yet. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of reporting around this. Um, and so, you know, there are more people injured. What a scene. I mean, what a scene. This guy comes out there and is just chucking arrows into the crowd. I mean, oh my God. Who knows? Maybe people were trapped. Maybe people should have hit him over the head. I don't know. But this is insane. Um, This is in Kongsberg. Police were seen patrolling the streets normally on Wednesday night. Oh my God. I mean, what a scene. And then, you know, at least... It's not a bomb. You're always waiting for a second or third to go off. I mean, there were two massive explosions at the Boston Marathon. Hopefully, this is a lone wolf attack or just someone who's a lunatic, political, um, you know, terrorist like Anders Brevik was, who, if I remember correctly, that is still, that mass shooting with an automatic rifle is still to date the most. Over 70 people were killed. That's the guy. It's been about 10 years, maybe a little longer rolled out to this like camp where all the these political leaders and these wealthy to do connected people had their kids and they're definitely like a social the socialist political party and all these neo-socialist teenagers getting together and this dude Brevik dressed as a cop incredible very intense um, Netflix film of that story they did a great job and Brevik rolled out there and had his way I mean this was an unarmed group of people on an island and it's a terribly sad story. That's Norway, too. And he was a kind of, you know, neo-capitalist, of course, right-wing extremist. Um, that's how they, they label them. But uh, shit, keep your eyes out for all the snack bars playing Robin Hood out there, shooting at the rich, you know, just like we're trying to do um, tax-wise here in the United States. And we'll, we'll get on to what Jen Psaki said today. Raggedy Ann told the press corps, the American people are not looking at cost-to-cost comparisons from this year to two years ago. Uh, Okay, bitch, because inflation is up 5.4% year over year last month. So we are paying more for everything to the tune of 5.4% as compared to last year. They have calculated this to be approximately $2,100 extra per American family, regardless of your income. So when Biden says he is not taking taxes from you, he's getting that tax every day. Uh, Maybe it's related to fuel and natural resources that he essentially eliminated when we were energy dependent and gave a free pass to Putin and Russia to control gas prices, oil prices around the world. Way to go, Joe. Already tight with communists in China, helping one out in Russia. But I thought Trump was Putin's puppet. Isn't that ironic? Four years, five, really, we had to hear about how Trump was helping Putin. And the first thing Joe Biden does is cancel oil drilling on federal lands and hands a massive fat check to one of the world's 
most wealthy billionaires, Vladimir Putin. And this is from the Gateway Pundit. Gas, food, and goods continue to be drivers of inflation. Everything's backed up in the ports. Everything's getting more expensive. Uh, California, I didn't know this, requires truckers to have like vehicles that are five years or newer. They have all these tight environmental standards. So that's part of why truck drivers are not bothering. And it's really tough for independent owners and operators to keep up with these new truck lease requirements when they're just working for themselves and trying to get as many loads and shipments around as possible from port to you and me uh, so that we can buy things in the store. Shelves are already looking bare. I was in an airport a couple days ago, saw there was barely, there were almost out of bottled water. I, when I fly, as should all of us, I drink water because you get dehydrated. And Southwest might throw you a shot glass worth with some ice on a three, four, or five hour flight. I always get a bottle of water and I finish it by the time we're on the ground. It was almost gone. Most of the drinks were almost gone. I've never seen anything like it. You're starting to see pictures of grocery stores with bare shelves. They're saying Christmas is going to be over decoration-wise, gift-wise early. If you have something that you think your kids will need, get it now. Um, Because I'll be laughing at you in a couple months when you're freaking out about not being able to get the latest video console for your prince or princess Um, By the time December 25th rolls around, oh my God, they might have to learn something about how the world works, but it'll suck. And it's really going to hurt the economy. I'm not worried about your kids. I don't care. Your kids probably get too much. They're probably spoiled. Okay. Mine are. They live in the United States. They get too much. They need to work harder. They need to be more polite, not assholes. And so maybe they'll learn something this year, but I don't, I don't think it's worth the economic cost because it's going to kill retailers it's going to hurt the economy. And on top of that, the U.S. government is expecting households to see their heating bills jump as much as 54% as experts forecast this winter to be colder than last winter. Shit. Gas is up 42% since last year. Wonderful. That's kind of important. Joe Biden continues every time I'm here week after week to fail on everything. It's amazing. I cannot believe how committed to failure that man is. But he's pressing, and he's going to press big time into December to get his $3.5 trillion infrastructure reconciliation bill and budget passed. And believe me, whatever they're saying, whatever people are saying about negotiations, regardless of how fiscally irresponsible loading up our national debt as much as this will... They already figured this out. And I I heard something on Mark Levin last night, and I took note. The Democrats' plan costs $3.5 trillion over 10 years. What they're going to do is shave the years off and not tell the American people, morons, that they can be, that the new whatever it is, what it'll be, $1.5 trillion compromise is going to have the same leftist, socialist, woke, programmatic bullshit in it, but not over a 10-year spend over approximately five years. You watch. That's what's going to be. The, hey, we negotiate. We got it down. The Republicans will be screaming about it, but the Democrats might be able to get the votes on that. Um, who knows what Republicans can do if they win back both houses next year. It won't matter because Joe Biden will be propped up, you know, in 2022 and 2023 
uh, and won't sign anything they change. And if it's not him, it'll be Kamala, who might become the first female president. But let's all laugh. Sorry, ladies. It'll be by default. I won't count it till you earn it. Got to win it in an election. Like the governor of New York, the lady up there. First governor of New York? Eh, not really. You needed you needed someone to go on the the in with the infinite disabled list. You needed an injury, career-ending injury. You got to win in an election before you tell me you're the first governor of New York. Boy, does she suck! Big big shocker, New York Democrat. Um, but yeah, I mean, with all the prices going up, Biden's polling approvals are still at thirty-eight percent. He's way underwater. There's no hope of it going up anytime soon. So the Democrats know they've got to end the year with something passing that Biden can do a big, hey, I'm building back better and I'm only taxing wealthy people. Everybody, let's hate the rich together. They're paying for all of our shit. I'll sign right here. That's what he needs to do to get any kind of bump and maybe actually build back his political capital next year, which is going to be difficult. Hopefully the Republicans and a few of the two main moderate Democrats involved in the Senate, Cinema, and Mansion can uh, can keep their opposition and stay true to being at least somewhat fiscally responsible. Um, but if you look at the article on the Gateway Pundit about inflation, I mean, everything's more expensive. Used cars and trucks cost 24.4% more than they did last September, September 2020. Car and truck rentals, yeah, I can tell you that car rentals are through the roof and they're still in high demand because I don't think the rental companies have brought back all their supply and I think they sold a lot of cars during the pandemic. So travel during the holidays is already going to be more expensive. I've already booked, you know, it's October 13th and I found some deals. Unfortunately, I got to fly Southwest for Thanksgiving holiday period travel. It's already starting to go up. I found some good flights to airports that I'm not thrilled to have to go to. I'll do a little more driving, but the alternatives was hundreds more per person in my family. It's only going to get worse. So if you're planning on it, try to book something refundable or just make your plans now. And if you know about gifts, buy them because it's going to get um, it's going to get ugly. I don't want to gloss over this. It's not something I was going to cover, but then once I saw it, I felt guilty not saying it. I don't know why. It's a serious, terrible thing. And the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, recognized it. But apparently suicides in the U.S. Army's active duty forces jumped 46% compared to last year. I mean, lockdowns could be part of it. They cause depression. I saw another article today from Captain Obvious, whoever the reporter is, that oncologists are talking about how they're seeing more advanced cancer da, 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 because people during lockdowns and during COVID were not allowed or too afraid to go get their normal checkups and what they might have had as preventable and treatable if diagnosed last year is too advanced and they're going to fucking die because of mandates that had nothing to do with containing or defeating a virus had all to do with overpowering people and continue to do so wherever they're trying to push it. It has nothing to do with the virus. But here we have something that has to be related in some way. There are many factors, I'm sure, but Army active duty forces suicides up 46% over last year. Um, that is that is just terrible. In the second quarter of 2021 of this year, 60 active duty U.S. Army personnel members lost their lives to suicide compared to 41 
the previous year. That's a terrible trend. Um, I also am worried about veterans and active duty and reservists in depression and suicide and things of that nature since the Afghanistan surrender. Because you are talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Americans who served and supported and deployed for Operation Enduring Freedom. That was the mission that supported the Afghanistan invasion and building, rebuilding. And we threw it all away. I was just watching a great movie on Netflix called Outpost. True story. Clint Eastwood's kid plays the main character, and he is awesome. He's looking more and more like his dad every day. And Outpost is the true story of one of these crazy psychotic outposts that the idiot leadership in the army established in the middle of nowhere in Afghanistan towards the northern part of the country near the Pakistan border. These outposts were literally in the middle of nowhere and this particular one in the movie is in a valley surrounded by mountains like you just basically put them in the middle of the hornet's nest and it's a true story about how they defended it what happened it's amazing and um you just think about those guys and how you're watching the movie and they're talking about the taliban and the taliban killing their friends and how bad the taliban is and now we have joe biden his administration giving aid to the same people that killed the dudes in that movie, in that mission, and hundreds other mission, others like it, missions like it. It's an, it's insane. It's really surreal to watch a film. There's so many. Lone Survivor, right? The story of Marcus Marcus Luttrell and the failed Operation Red Wing, right? Based on the amazing book that Luttrell wrote about being the lone survivor of his SEAL team unit that went into Afghanistan to take out a high-profile terrorist target. They were discovered. If you haven't seen the movie or read the book, I think I've mentioned it before. I watched it a couple weeks ago, and it is really upsetting now. It's a totally different movie. These stories are they are just different now because I remember watching it the first time. I remember when I read the book, and if you'd have told me that we would be giving aid to the Taliban at any point in Afghanistan, I thought you were crazy. These are the bad guys of the story. These are the guys that we are meant to defeat in the name of all things good, in the name of freedom and democracy, and we surrender to them. But you can't tell me, you can't tell me this trend of suicides in the army or active duty military or amongst veterans, it, 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 they're not going to improve after that, after what's happened now. Because many of us feel like it was a total waste of time. And it, it isn't, but it is. And I can argue both ways. Um, but based on where we are now, nothing long-term was accomplished. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, uh, the Democrat candidate for governor of Virginia, that election's coming up three weeks away, less than that. Um, he boasted today walking out of some meeting, and this was a meeting, um, let's see, and this, well, let's talk about the video. So in a video taken Tuesday by conservative Virginia Rising, McAuliffe was seen leaving an education roundtable discussion in Alexandria, and on his way out of the building, he chastised a maskless tracker. So the person who was in his kind of, not in his face, but near him, wasn't that close, asking him about why he doesn't think parents should have a say in how their kids are educated. That was the major 
a major gaffe, major slip-up that McAuliffe had in a debate a couple weeks ago, and his opponent is cramming it down his throat as he should because it's scary, and I believe it's what Terry McAuliffe and most, if not all, liberals, especially those in education, believe. They don't think the parents should have a say because they're liberal and they know better, right? They want to teach your kids. They don't want the parents doing that. But good old Terry comes out, good old hypocrite, hammering on this guy for not wearing a mask. By the way, this guy's outside asking questions. He's at a reasonable distance. But guess what Terry was doing indoors during that round table? He was not wearing a mask. Oh, and there's a picture. And Terry posted it on his Twitter account. I enjoyed a great round table discussion with parents, educators, early childhood education leaders, and my good friend, Ann Holton, whoever the hell she is. The gal on his right, wearing a mask, gal on his left wearing a mask terry who's put on a few sitting at the microphone maskless and then minutes later as a good liberal does in total hypocrisy the fashion they know so well choose out a dude outside asking him questions on camera because hey i'm terry mcauliffe i used to run the democratic party i used to be governor here f you i don't have to wear a mask but you do and of course um now this career politician, we know now, he thinks the law applies to everyone but him, just like Gavin Newsom, just like the mayor of Chicago, just like all of them. The, the congresswoman last week joked about putting on a mask for the camera. She said it. You see him get up on stage maskless they, as they walk into camera view. There's videos of them off stage putting the mask on. They didn't have it on. Biden leaving his helicopter a couple days ago. Nobody around him gets off. And then, you know, they didn't have a mask when they were on the helicopter. They put them on. They're walking off. Everybody takes it off, but Biden doesn't. Supposedly the most powerful leader of the free world walking across the White House lawn with a mask outside. Bunch of psychos. But here's McAuliffe. Mask for you, not me. I'm hoping this cause, it's going to be a closer race than they thought it would be, which is good. I don't put any weight on it either way, but boy, McAuliffe has a lot to lose. And Yunkin, his opponent, has nothing to lose. He was an underdog, and he's within four points last time I looked at the polls. Let's see if they tighten up more. Um, final story, this is one that has really bothered me most about the supposed insurrection on January 6th. What a bunch of bullshit. That scumbag cop who happened to be black and had that card to play, and that got him on 60 Minutes, shot an unarmed woman through a door. You know in any scenario, anywhere else, if you reverse it, if it's a white cop and a black liberal woman or a black woman associated with Black Lives Matter or anything non-conservative, there'd be tremendous outrage. But this guy was on 60 Minutes for shooting an Air Force member, female, cute gal, who did something stupid, succumbed to peer pressure and starts going through this tiny, tiny window. It wasn't like she was going to break through and all hell was going to break loose. She was like, squeeze through. And this guy smokes her and kills her. Well, according to Fox News... This is from Emma Colton. More than 500 pages of internal documents from D.C. Metro Police concerning the fatal shooting of Ashley Babbitt in the Capitol on January 6th reveal witness accounts stating she was not holding a weapon at the time of her death and how upset the officer was after shooting her. Yeah, well, F him. Because it didn't take him long to come on 60 Minutes and talk like he was the greatest law enforcement officer and saved everybody's lives doing his duty punk guy looked like he needed a treadmill badge shouldn't be enforcing any laws 
And if you see video and pictures of him carrying his firearm to that position before shooting, he had it waving around, pointing at people. He's a shitbird. And um, this is pretty awful. I'm hoping that even even Biden's DOJ looks into this. Maybe they, they probably won't. Why would I even waste my hope? They got guys in jail without charges for this stuff. They, there's a federal judge, I read this story, who is holding a D.C. jail in contempt because it violated a U.S. Capitol rioter's civil rights. It's interesting. CNN Politics is referring to this person as a U.S. Capitol rioter. Not an insurrectionist. No charges even close to that been dropped yet. But this jail is in trouble. And this judge infers that it's probably because, he didn't say it this way, but he's like, I don't know if it was or wasn't because this person was part of the January 6th riots. But I guess this prisoner who has yet to be charged, Christopher Worrell needed surgery for something and this jail denied it. That's that's a big no-no. Shit, we had heart surgeries for detainees at Guantanamo Bay people. All right? This guy, Worrell, has a series of medical issues while in jail. And access to health care has been a recurring fight in court. According to court records, World needs surgery for a broken hand, is diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, cancer, and at one point con- contracted COVID-19 in jail. People, I'm telling you, if you ask 100 liberals what they think should happen to anyone arrested for misdemeanors or otherwise on January 6th, they will tell you privately they think they should go to jail for life. And some would probably be okay if they were executed. Okay? They don't care that Ashley Babbitt was killed because she's conservative. Folks, they won't care if you're killed under any circumstance because you're conservative. And if I do have a a few liberals listening, you do occasionally, fuck you. Because you know I'm right. Because you you have no compassion and you don't care if anybody you disagree with is hurt or worse. You've gone that way. Trump pushed you over the edge. You have no control of your emotions, of your mental capacity, and you've all lost your goddamn minds. And you can sit there with a straight face telling us that when cities burn, but under the guise of social justice, that's okay. You don't care. Because if the people killing, plundering, destroying agree with you or hold up your agenda and advance your agenda and your narrative, you're okay with it. I think you've become okay with anything. And it's time we call you guys out. The left needs to be called out for their sociopathic, psychotic behavior. And like any narcissist, they think it's all conservatives causing the problems. They can't look critically upon themselves. And this isn't the hardcore on the left, guys. These are the people that claim to be left-leaning and that you still maybe tolerate on social media. I'm telling you, if they are asked about your politics, they hate you. So understand they're your enemy. Understand that every holiday season is going to get worse and worse. Because guess what? This holiday season is going to be the first one where the insurrections discussed. Don't bow down to them. Ask them questions. Ask them why there have been no insurrection charges. Ask them why there's really only been misdemeanors. Why trespassing? Why they think that woman should have been shot squeezing through a window unarmed? What they think about the 500 pages of internal documents from the D.C. police that have been released saying witnesses said she wasn't armed and that that cop who killed her was distraught about it right away because he knew he screwed up. 
but he didn't realize he had the one card to play and that woke culture and that anti-Trump culture will go to any lengths to stop Donald Trump, even kill us. Don't doubt it for a second. Thanks for listening. I'm traveling a little bit this week, but I'll at least I'm going to do one show for sure. I'm trying to compile all the best news and commentary I can. Thanks for listening. God bless, and we will talk to you soon.